Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Game Time CT High School Football Podcast. <laughs> we are joined today by Kyle's wonderful singing. We haven't even got to uh, inspire. Not even in, it's not even Christmas season. Yet. We haven't even Listen, got to Christmas yet. Christmas begins at nine p.m. on Halloween. I I don't fully disagree with that. I totally disagree. But with that. I'm not like in the mood of Christmas music yet. And right. as we know, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Nope. All right, yeah. we're gonna, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> um, how you doing, Pete? I highly good. How are you guys? I'm good. I playoff know, season. Playoff season, and that is something that we are going to have a lot of uh, towards the second half of this show. But first off, we're going to start with our normal opening that we do every week. We're going to start with our best and worst of the week. And we normally start with Kyle. So uh, I think we'll go over with Sean to start us this week. You rattle him so much when you pick him first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My best of the week was seeing snowflakes at uh, Burnt Hill Park. Yeah. Boom. Boom, at Burkhill Park in Hebron, God's country. <laughs> that seemed it, like a nice place to be. It was gorgeous up there. Bloomfield loved it. They were like, yeah, 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 we'll play here. It was the fact. Uh, let me tell you, considering all the rain we got for the 800th freaking week, this it was a fast track, and Bloomfield was like, yeah, we'll take this. Yeah, I thought it was going to be if they were going to play at uh ram high that i thought that would be a disadvantage to bloomfield because yeah. i thought it would be underwater but like ram actually the rams yeah their people were like well let's play here we like it it was nice There's, there were a lot of good boys out there a lot of dogs i mean a lot of good boys <laughs> a lot of good boys very good boys uh and uh the scene the snowflakes ah yes <laughs> it's almost ski season folks. winter is coming but yes it is <laughs> what about you kyle my best of the week was um the wolcott uh, high school and the Wolcott School District administration sticking to their guns and um, and calling the bluff basically of the Wolcott football program. If you've missed it, uh, a couple weeks ago the uh, there was vandalism done to the St. Paul High locker room um, after or during. Was it uh, during halftime? I thought it might was have that. been during halftime. Yeah. Um, during the uh, the football game up there between Wolcott and St. Paul. And um, it was brought up basically to the top and the administration, the superintendent wrote an open letter that basically gave the team an ultimatum that said all of the players who did damage, you need to come forward by 2 p.m. this past Wednesday um, or else you uh, or else. Are forf- basically or else you or else they were going to forfeit last week's game. Um, and uh, the players were going to have to sit out that game if they did come forward. The whole team was going to be made to do community service. Um, there's been, I think, pay there's restitution. Been, right, pay restitution back to the high school to, to clean up. I don't know. I think there's been a coach or two who have seen some discipline from this as well. And uh, only two of the players uh, came forward by the deadline. The administration felt that there was more than two and that there was some big cover-up going on. So they stuck to their guns, and they uh, they called them out and, and forfeited to Sacred Heart Caner Tech right in the middle as Wolka is fighting for a Class M playoff spot. And um, and you know what? Good for them. Usually I don't stand up for administration and some of the athletic decisions that they make, but this time I'm fully on board. Um, you know, good job um, by the Wolka administration to there's, – there's no – listen, I understand things get heated in a locker room and all this stuff, and you know what, maybe something happens. Maybe you punch a locker and, ang- okay, you know, things happen. But you know what, you have to own up if you've done something. Yeah. And to, to only have a couple of people own up to it, um, you know, good for those two guys for standing up and, and trying to do what's right. But um, to me, is I, I was talking with one coach um, after an interview the other day, and I just said, you know what, this strikes me as though it's just a lack of leadership that allows this to happen, whether it's from the coaching or whether it's from the team captains, a combination, something among leadership that allows you to forfeit a football game in the middle of a playoff race because that you know we can't take responsibility for our actions. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's the case, and good for the administration. Um, I was you shocked. teach a life lesson there. I, I was shocked that no one came forward. Yeah. I mean, you're playing – I'm sorry, you're playing Sacred Heart. Right, it was it was almost a sure win. It was yeah. a sure win. I, you know, I don't – I mean, who who do, who do you guys need? You know, could, uh, maybe they didn't want to stand up. Maybe they thought that they were getting unfairly, you know, oh, I only did I this know. and this guy only did that. At that point, though, as a team, maybe you all I – mean, maybe you get together. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know yeah. why they wouldn't get together and say, like, we got to we gotta own up to this and just – 
Yeah. Be a Dalton. That was the whole. I don't. I don't understand it. You know, I think Cobb brings up a good point in terms of the leadership, whether it's coaches or captains, and you know, someone needs to just. You know, they at their because they're kids. They probably think like, oh, we got away with it. No one's gonna get in yeah, trouble. They, well, the we one only the forfeited one game. Only one captain. I, I'm not sure. And the who wrote the letter in the Republican American? The Saturday following. Oh, that's a good question. I didn't even see it. I, I'm just saying these kids probably think that they got away with it and right. that they're smarter than everybody. And look how you know they think it's this and this. When they look back in a couple of years, if Wolkett misses the playoffs because of this, and they're going to look back and they're like, you know, that was pretty stupid of us to not come forward and not own up to whatever happened in that locker room. Yeah, just just unfortunate situation. You know, mistakes happen, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, maybe you know people, what? you know, your emotions gotta sure. You know. Yeah, th- things happen. It's not like you're a horrible person if you yeah. hey, you know cause some damage in the heat of the moment. I get it, but you got to take responsibility. That is the mark of and a And this mature. was like it would. They weren't like playing ants. Like even in Angel, they weren't playing a game that they couldn't win right without some guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just very quizzical, but was, good good on the administration yeah, yeah, for sticking for to their guns and, and trying to compel the uh, the team and the coaches to do what was right, and uh, they paid the consequences for not doing so. I something. thought Wilkett's administration did what Darian didn't do last Great year. Great point. I thought Darian really kind of hid behind everything. You know, I know Shot. there's like a lot, a lot of lawsuits involved and a lot of, you know, her feelings there, but, you know... Uh, the bottom line was you had two guys going over to New Canaan kid's house and, you know, technically beating him up, you know, and everyone parsed. Well, they baited them and they, 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 and they were saying, that, oh, the New Canaan kid got held on everyone's shoulders and carried off the field, which, look, it's not right, but it's still kind of funny I mean, that, that they, they thought. But it's not the New Canaan kid's fault. I don't care what he said to them. Right. You know, you don't go. I mean, it was Jeff Jacobs, real calm in the Harvard Current at the time. Now he works for us and he's basically reiterated the same thing when he started working on us. Is like you know he didn't get in, he didn't force you to get in your car and go over there and beat him up. Yeah, you know so uh, and and I knew Canaan the whole time they had the suspensions, but the one kid who was there came back uh, and played in their Thanksgiving yeah, Day game. Yeah. You no, know, he was out the Thanksgiving Day game, but yeah. he came and played in, the, in their playoff game. And you know it's just football much more important uh, to Darian than it is in Wolcott. And Wolcott is in the big. I mean, look, they're not going to win. They could. They're going to the state playoffs. This administration did not care. This is more important. Good on uh, who was there? Uh, their uh, Ga- Gasper is the Tony last Gasper. Name. Yeah. Um, tremendous job, and that's what this is all about. That guy showed real leadership as far as like Absolutely. being an adult is concerned. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have a best or worst of the week because I yeah. wasn't here this week. So. I really didn't have a best. I mean, because um, I was so busy, I couldn't remember anything. But yeah, Pete wasn't here. He was off and about, and that was that would be my worst of the week. Pete making me do eight hundred games and <laughs> feeling pretty awful, and you know staying up till three o'clock in the morning to work on the website. Thanks a lot, Pete. <laughs> okay, Actually, first of all, you stay up till three o'clock to work on the website, even when I am here. Doing double duty though, like you know, I had to. So you got double the amount of work done in the same amount of time. No. So what does that say about you when I am here? I had to leave. I had to leave <laughs> stuff. Off. I didn't do any videos. No, there was no videos done. You know. <laughs> so actually, it's not really Pete's fault. It's Pete's friend's fault <laughs> for scheduling a wedding in the middle of football season. <laughs> who scheduled wedding? Who takes vacations in the middle of football season? <laughs> Being in a wedding and going back to Long Island is not a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's work. <laughs> you know, there were yeah. long days. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. <sorry. laughs> I'm tired. Oh, uh, Kyle, what was your worst? Of the My week? worst of the week, and I say this pretty much every single postseason nowadays. This is Kyle's thing. But yeah, this is this is my my hill to die on. It's a I good hill care. to die on. There is no damn way that you can justify if you're the if you're the CIAC to pretty much anybody else why you are charging students five dollars to watch postseason games. It is an absolute embarrassment. That the CIAC thinks that it is even appropriate, not only that they can, but it is appropriate to charge children, to charge teenagers, $5 to go in and watch their their friends play games, try to go support, to be good sports people. You know, it, it, it rings really hollow when you have this class act sportsmanship campaign that the CIAC has, and then you, you go and throw it in the face and say, yeah, well, you know, we only really care if you're sportsmen, if you're fans, if you give us the money first, if you're, you know, you're, you're these kids. Because I'm sure a lot of these kids really don't have the means to, to go about and pay $5. I had kids, I went to the Seymour St. Joseph volleyball game on Friday night because it was raining outside, and I didn't have a compelling <laughs> game to go do football-wise, so I went to that. It was a great volleyball game. Um, and I had kids in front of the school from Seymour saying, Mr. Brennan, could you pay for me to get in? Like, Really? I, I, yeah. 
and I feel bad like like we're gonna you're really gonna tell these kids and it's not the athletic director's fault like they're under strict guidelines from CIAC no nope, five bucks a ticket ten bucks a ticket for adults if you're gonna gouge adults ten bucks a pop to go watch these playoff games you know that's one thing I get there are costs involved in postseason games you know you've got bus fees and you've got you know you got four referees in a, right. in a volleyball match you've got site, the facilities site, so yeah. site directors there it adds up I get it I understand that but, you know, there's a whole lot of ways to start cutting costs around the CIAC without making kids pay five bucks to go watch their friends and be good sports people and be good friends. Mm. If you really got to charge a kid, uh, charge them a buck. How about, fine, yeah, deal. Two, buck, two bucks maybe. Two at, the, at, at maximum. Right. Okay, but, you know, there's a whole lot of ways that you can cut some costs. It starts off by not letting eight, eight and 12 teams get into your state tournament so you don't have to waste money on officials and bus fees yeah. for teams who don't belong in a yeah. state tournament. <laughs> and it certainly there. I bet there's uh, some other ways that the folks sitting in the office who might be listening to this right now know that there's some other ways they can cut costs, which I don't need to call out by name or by job title, but <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah, Absolutely no, embarrassing. Not, uh, that is not a good look. Um, you know, you want them to fill the stands. You want them to be there to cheer for their friends and their schools and have pride and not do. There's a lot of dumb things that kids can do on Friday nights yeah. instead of uh, when they're not, you know, it's just embarrassing. Yeah, no, that's not a good one. And it's not going to change anytime soon either, so I'll just keep doing it every year. I don't care. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'll start calling names out soon. However, though, uh, and uh, let me just get back to this. Um, we talked about it last week about East Haven. Um, their player, um, uh, Cordova, Ryan Cordova. Ryan Cordova, got tossed from a game, unjustifiably, I thought. If you look go on Game Time CT and you look at the, the video, which we I found after the podcast, last week and and it looked like he was aggressively moving trying to get he was on his back and he had all these cog and chalk kids around him he was aggressively trying to move himself over and he and when his arm which was pinned against the kid's leg um was it was released it kind of swung around and they they saw that as a as a as a swing now i don't know what the referee saw what he saw in the moment of it and that happens and 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 you get that um but when you looked at it again bill riccio uh, the head of the, the commissioner of the uh, New Haven Football uh, Officials Association basically said, like, look, this is like a gray area. And, yeah, he was aggressively trying to get up, but we don't think it would justify suspension. But what he didn't remember was that this was uh, not reviewable according to CIC rules. And there was, was a proposal out there, but they had the Board of Control didn't hear it. And one of the people on the Board of Control was – uh, Vin Denazzo, the East Haven principal, who was not happy that his best player is going to be not playing this week's game against their, uh, which is basically a playoff game. You know, they win, they get in, and uh, they will not have their services. He is their best player. So everyone's like, well, we should do a, we should have some sort of like, you know, uh, we should have an appeals process. Now the question becomes, well, who's you paying to look at all the, the appeals? I think there's plenty of people getting paid enough over there where they can take 10 minutes to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, though. Well, I mean, do how much we're going to sit there and listen to appeals. After all, all it only takes about eight kids and, you know, getting into a volleyball game to pay someone for an hour or so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess you have to have the kids pay them. I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> if you want to have an appeals process, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely some things that need to be changed, and we can go on and on about that. But Sean brought it up earlier during his worst of the week. But Sean was everywhere mm. this past weekend. He yes. told me seven different times just today alone how many games he went to. I did not tell you seven different times. I just told you the one time because <laughs> I there's no need for hyperbole here. I did not. I only told him the one time. I did Maybe I told him at lunch, but that was the first <laughs> time I'd seen him in a week. <laughs> it wasn't a, uh, uh, it was a week. Pete disappeared, folks. He, Pete. I disappeared from... I was gone Thursday on. Uh, he did his <laughs> Finderan story and that was it, man. <laughs> Ben Good Durant. story. Thanks a lot, everybody. Peace out. Football? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I'll didn't have that. to do a story. I, I know you didn't. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, Pete. <laughs> but you jumped around everywhere, so you wanted yeah. to touch on a couple of those games. Well, you know, it was uh, it was actually a really good week. You missed a good week. <laughs> we started off at Aunt Sonia. I mean, we knew that the Seymour was going to be up against it. Kyle showed up. And, and our old pal Remy showed oh, up. Oh boy, Remy from the NVL blog. I saw there. him I, tweet. Yeah, I dragged him out. And it was out. the first time he like didn't. It wasn't a reply tweet. Yeah. And I was like, 
I was like, should I send him the Undertaker gif of him <laughs> coming back up? Because I was like, holy crap, he's back. Yeah, he's doing well. I, I dragged him out for a game. I <laughs> wish it would have been a little better. It probably would have been better if he and Sadik weren't hurt for Seymour. But Yeah. Seymour had his chances to score. He did. Kyle turned to me and said, you know, you can leave at half. It was 14 nothing." Kyle said before we got there. He goes, you can leave now. They're not <laughs> going to score again. And sure or enough. at all, and sure enough, they didn't. Thirty-five nothing. So, but what be what I did? Kyle said you'll get up to uh, Falcon Field in uh, Meriden to see the second half of that Middletown and Platt game, and sure enough, the ending of that game was great. Mm. Um, Platt came storming back. They were had the ball at the nine-yard line, down twenty-one to twelve. Actually, no, twenty-one to uh, no. I'm sorry, they'd already scored. They scored with about four minutes left, and then they're going down three. And they went the length of the field, and fourth and goal, they ran Philly special, and they couldn't find the quarterback in the end zone, and uh, they got tackled. But their loss was negated. Yeah. In essence. Yeah. So Platt, Jason Bruin, sitting there, I'm the, uh, all right, season's over. This poor guy, he's easily lost. A, Platt had lost an overtime game the week before. Double overtime. Sorry, it was a double overtime game. They lost by one point to Bristol Central, which we'll get to in a second. And then they, I think they, and then they lost this game. By, on, they had on the, a chance yeah. to win every single game. Every single yeah. game, they, they lost by a combined 11 points. The next day, and I didn't even see it until someone's like, what's going on with Bristol Central? And sure enough, they they apparently they had to forfeit two games. They self-reported by something we were talking about just last week. Crazy. They were <laughs> maybe, doing it, to be maybe fair. Maybe we were they the were, impetus. No, 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 because it was for two games. So they were doing it way True. before. So maybe they listened, and they're like, oh, no, they're on to us. <laughs> and they self-reported them. So or maybe, maybe somebody was listening. <laughs> I mean, all two, it's all like two of I, you out. It's yeah. like when a golfer grounds his club on the mulch pit <laughs> on the 14th fairway and someone on TV calls it in. Oh, my God. That is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Now we're involved in that. Oh, so, so then, so now Platt's 7-2 and two with a chance to... Uh, it was ta- we we're talking about an ineligible kicker who switched between right. the yeah. soccer team. He was season. on the soccer, according Go to Go back reports. and listen to last week's episode like seven times. <laughs> right. <laughs> He was apparently on the soccer team, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to go play for the football team. And you can't do that. Which is horrible. Another, There's too many rules. There are a lot of rules. Back in the day, you used to be I, able to compete in as many sports as you wanted to. No, Bring well, it back. Could you run? I don't know. Yeah, there's people who were having 16 letters in high school. You were a track and okay. a baseball all-state athlete. Absolutely. Okay. But they Bring don't want to. They didn't want a guy's moonlighting, like you know. And then yeah, I don't know. No. Anyway, Bring it back. so now Platt. I, I think that's kind of dumb too. So now Platt is back. Yeah, Platt's back. Jason Who's Bruin's back of the week? Platt football. Nice. Platt. Jason Bruin is no longer crestfallen. Talk, talk about the Undertaker, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Rising out of the grave. That should be punching if Platt. F- if Platt clinches, which we'll get to more later, but forget forget your playoff qualifying yeah. wins. Just have the Undertaker <laughs> come out and just have the Platt Panther face on it. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's funny. I think we will have to. That will be, uh, yeah, on those graphics where they had the little highlight for the season. Yeah. We'll just have The Undertaker. Yeah. Coming back up. That'll be beautiful. Oh, I am doing stuff. that. Best of the week. I have some plat footage, but I am, yeah, I am definitely doing that. Put We're that in one of the boxes. We have, we have more than a couple things of plat footage. We covered plat like four times. Pete's boys. Yeah, no. We, uh, well, yeah, but I, I didn't have access to your files, mm, unfortunately. Because he was gone. Yeah. He was able to find my Southington files. Though, well, I had to go to your Twitter account and download it. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I did that on Friday night when I realized, oh, I'm soaking wet oh. from head to toe. And I'm like, wow, some of these teams I did not anticipate. It's a heck of a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> Got a new poll this week, Sean? Yes, I do, sir. Yes, sir, Rebob. Uh, before we get into the poll, we don't want to jump the gun here, but oh. we're going to take a quick break. Oh. And um, I just wanted to move on. We're going to dive into the poll. Stay with us. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. Now we are back and uh, another poll. Um, It was pretty close this week again, but not really a, a big shake up there, Sean. No, not really. Actually, they, the voters finally listened to me, even though it makes no sense to do it now. But they finally put New Britain in at number 10. Hey! hey. About time. At this point, who cares? I mean, right? I, I don't wow, know. why even do the poll? I, exactly. <laughs> why even do the poll? I, it, we were talking about it. It seems to me that voters, like they like to uh, send their votes in. Oh, shoot, I got to send the vote in. And then they look back at it and they go, oh, oh, that team won. Yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah, the oh. poll is actually just a week behind. Yeah. So basically, yeah, right. That's exactly right. Like New Britain should have been in last week. I thought at least uh, they put Ansoni in because I think they just elevated teams. Oh, shoot. I got the Poland. They elevated the teams up. And then, and they, then hear they, the reaction, and they, they heard like, the reaction. They heard the reaction. I went on CT Sports. And I'm guys like, guys, New Britain hey, no lost to Southington by. Well, they put us on the show. <laughs> you um, silly geese. They, uh, oh, New Britain only lost to Southington by on the last drive. And, oh, right, right. I forgot about that. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, Antonio New Britain, take you know, whoever you want. But New Britain uh, is playing a big game this week. They're playing Berlin in the uh, Wishbone Bowl, which could be, might be the last Wishbone Bowl. Yeah, damn shame. Which is a shame because Berlin, oh, we're class M. Poor us. We can't compete against big, bad Berlin. Spare me. Even though they beat them the last few years. Oh, no. And they beat them that one year that they, they had to forfeit all games. I don't know. In, in that case, like, come on, that's a that's a nice rivalry game. I mean, and it even got even bigger because of all the you know, New Britain calling Berlin out and getting them the forfeit back and which forth there game. needs to be more of that. Fifteen. Let's go back to a couple of years. We need more teams to be ratting on other teams. <laughs> I, we need that to happen. We need players ratting out on each other. Yes. We need teams ratting on Let's each other. Let's do it. Hey man, stitches get snitches. Baby. <laughs> that's so wrong. <laughs> the other way around. Um, All right, who's number nine? Bob? Uh, okay. Um, number nine is Naugatuck, which uh, beat up on Holy Cross to set up the dun dun dun. The unbeaten showdown. Second year in a row after not having it, what? 20? Since 1994. And then it's back to back. Yeah. Naugatuck 9 and 0. And Sonai. All right. And Sonai A. Naugatuck, Thanksgiving morning. Six shutouts for the Greyhounds this year. Six. It's a lot. That is that's three, a look in the record games, book. three games that opponents have scored we, points. We could have math we, we basically said this is what it, the NVL season would come down to. Yeah, and here we are. And so here we good are. for us. That was, that, that was fun, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, Seymour. You know, if they maybe get a break, but got the wrong break, unfortunately. Give me a break. Anyway, so uh, Naugata comes in at number nine. Uh, they're actually, speaking of which, they are they have uh, apparently lost the services of uh, Elijah Robinson, their speed demon. Yeah, looks Great like returning. a leg injury to end the season. Our Mark Jaffe reports. Mark Jaffe, the Republican American, basically <laughs> said that, which is a shame because he was probably one of the, uh, he was easily one of the league's best players. Four kick return touchdowns. Oh, yeah. electric. Here we go. <laughs> you cannot um, see me. It's <laughs> number eight. <laughs> number eight is Berlin, which beat up on Rocky Hill. They set up their showdown with New Britain, although they already clinched. So it's really the only thing they're really playing for is nothing, right? Ooh, uh, I think they could be the number one seed in M. I need to scroll down on my sheet, but we can get into that later. That's no, true. The they yeah. could clinch they the, could top be the top seed. Yeah, but have they? Did you say that they clinched? They've already clinched the home quarterfinal. Right. So we'll Berlin, get into that shortly. So this is basically for a top seed for Berlin. Otherwise, you're you're, you're going to play home in anyway anyway. In Class M, so uh, that's good for them. I guess you want to avoid being on St. Joe's side of the bracket for as long as possible in Class M. We'll get to that, of course. Uh, number seven, Newtown would beat New Milford fifty-five nothing. They're going to play Massick. They've already clinched the state playoff berth. It's all proceeding now. Uh, number six is Southington. Ditto. Ditto. South Windsor fifty-five nothing. They the same deal with them. It's like they they're buddies over there, Southington and Newtown. Number five, St. Joseph, 55 to six. You had to lit up the six points there, guys. And you know, we could have had five, 55, five, three, 55, nothings in a row there, unfortunately. But Will Diamantis scored three touchdowns for the Hogs. Cadets. Right. <laughs> and uh, they go into their Thanksgiving game versus Trumbull. Looking for, they, they, I assume they already have a home quarterfinal already. They too. do. They Look do over well. the top seed with Berlin. Yeah, they're not defending champs. They won in Class S last year, so now they're going to be in Class M. Uh, number four, Shelton, which actually plays this week. Shelton beat up on Notre Nor- Dame West Dave. I thought that might be a better game. I guess not. David Yakowitz tur- returned the opening kickoff, 81 yards for a touchdown, and, they, and the Gale scored next on their five offensive possessions following that and put Notre Dame away. They play West Haven this week, but they've also already clinched. And cl- class double L is basically pretty much almost done with a couple weeks left here, huh? Yeah, we're getting there. Right. A lot of teams are clear. I think it's four teams already in them. Yeah, we're getting there. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and number three, Hand, which beat Wilbur Cross 50 to 14. They are most likely going to be. They've already clinched a home quarterfinal in yeah. L. Yeah, and they might. Oh, I don't know about Hopsey there. 
between them and Naugatuck. Yep, it's just kind of coming. And Middletown is still alive. Right. If Naugatuck loses, we'll get into it. Right. So anyway, uh, number two is Greenwich with twelve first place votes. It dropped a slightly. They, they were only two behind number one, Darien, and they they dropped slightly. Uh, eight hundred and twenty-eight points, eight hundred and twenty-four points. So number one is Darien, thirteen first place votes. Their Turkey Bowl showdown with New Canaan is nigh. Can't imagine it would be more excited than last year. Greenwich plays Xavier this week, and when this matchup was set up a couple of years ago, um, you know everyone thought like, "Wow, this is gonna be great." You know, Xavier just has really had it rough the last two couple of years for the most part. So, as um, Greenwich is on the rise the last yeah, couple of years, and yeah, as Greenwich is basically, you know, they're they're pushing for class to bowl. So. All right. Well, there it is. The long. The uh, there is the poll, and, and that's where we stand with a week. Uh, I would say a week and a half left to go in the season because this is kind of like a truncated schedule. We have a couple big games this week. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get more into that because the meat grinder is more. Of a, <clears throat> yeah, that's basically gonna be it. But we're gonna jump over and get into the playoff scenario brought to you, well, by Kyle. Yep. <laughs> there it is. Shout out to Old Man Worm wherever he may be tonight. <laughs> the playoff scenarios <laughs> that that is the that is Kyle's theme music and back in our old show, and we we were able to find that literally within minutes, <laughs> and we actually put it together exactly how really brings back terrible memories. Oh my god! But uh, so yeah, so you're going to take us through. We're going to start with uh, double L. Yeah, we're going to go to L, take a quick break, and then jump over to M and S. Yeah, but so, Kyle and Sean have basically. <laughs> completely dove in onto this, and they know the numbers and all the fancy stuff. So I'm just going to sit here and listen like everybody else. Now, Pete asked when we were out to lunch earlier, Pete says, could you and Sean figure out a way in about two minutes, because that's how long a Twitter video is, to explain how the point, how we figure out scenarios of mm. points and whatnot. So the basics are, now that Matt Fisher at CIAC has created this very nice spreadsheet which gives us maximums, minimums, we can see what the team's overall range of points would be. And basically, if your minimum points is higher than the eighth team in the standings or the eighth most um, of a maximum that there is, then you've already clinched a berth. And then you move that number to top four, and then you've clinched a home quarterfinal. So if you are on the sheet and you see the light green or the blue that's why that's how those figures are also created now where it comes in with a little bit more of the math and the figuring on our end is we have to look at things like teams in the standings who still have to play against each other so for example when we get to class s we have Haddam Killingworth and Valley Regional Old Lime are playing each other this week the winners in the losers out so where it looks like a team may have to outpoint two teams, in reality, they really only have to outpoint one right, because you're going to have a loser. The other one is not going to get those points. That's always what, that's always what trips this up and why you will wake up uh, on Saturday knowing, oh, these te- you go to the sheet and you see, well, these teams, we haven't clinched yet. And then you wake up the next day and, and you find out that Kyle and I haven't been on Twitter and we're like, yep, that team's clinched. Right. And you wonder why, and that's usually the reason why. The other thing that you have to look for here is uh, bonus points that might be shared among other teams. So, for example, you have uh, Darien had already clinched uh, in Class L, not mathematically, but if you extrapolate it out among shared bonus points uh, among New Canaan and Staples, there was no way that New Canaan and Staples could have enough bonus points, which means teams that they have beaten would also gain wins, which bumps up their point total. And they, because of the shared bonus games, there's no way that either of those teams could catch Darien. So therefore, uh, Darien had right. clinched. Well, look quickly, just just to to the really uninitiated. These are this is the jargon we use when we do this on Thanksgiving. And basically, what happens is a team, every team gets a hundred points mm. for a victory. Okay, ninety nine percent of the time. What's the other <laughs> when right. Shelton plays Derby? Right. Well. You get a hundred. You get a hundred base points, and then what happens is, unless it's a league game, they they adjust it. If if it's not a league game, they adjust it. So if Derby plays Shelton or Shelton plays Derby in this case, they only get. And it depends on where your class is. So two one class below, it's actually minus ten. Two classes below, minus twenty. Three classes below, minus thirty. So it's ninety, eighty, and then seventy points. So Shelton. 
has been saying, well, this is our Thanksgiving arrival. We would love to just get 100 base points out. They used to be in the SEC. Now they're in the NBL. Now it doesn't get – but it's like that was just to prevent teams from going out and finding pretty bad right. opponents. And when you're in league games for classes higher, right. uh, then you – up to three classes higher goes 130 base points and on down to 100. And, right. then, uh, and then for every win your opponent has, 10 extra points. So that's when we talk about bonus points. Right. Every win that a, your defeated opponent has – Gets you, you 10, extra points. 10 extra points. And then you take the total number, you divide it by the games you played, that's how you get your average. There's a few teams, a little bit wonky, who are only playing nine games this season. Um, right. the most uh, Valley Regional, I think, is the most notable case that we have this year. They're only playing nine games. So you have to account uh, for that. You have to look at the, you have to divide it by nine when you're right. trying to figure out what their average is. So when you look at this sheet, which is the C- on the CIA scene, we have it all over Game Time CT. Basically, uh, bonus points is. Uh, the points that are out there for you. So your team is playing on Thanksgiving. Like Naugatuck only has 10 bonus games less because all the other games, all the other teams that they'd beaten over the season, they're either playing each other. They're, they're playing each other. Basically they're, they're called guaranteed points. No matter who wins, they're getting 10 points. Right. So there's only one game where they did. They didn't play Woodland this year, which is a shame. Damn shame. Yeah. So they need Seymour to win that matchup. That's a bonus point. So that's why you look at these and figure out what your bonus range is. So the max points is if you got all your bonuses, and then which isn't on the sheet is the low like your minimum max. Right. If you win your game and you don't get any, bonuses. and you don't get bonuses, that's those are the two columns that might be missing. We should get Fisher to put that in and save us some more. Yeah, work. that would be nice. But that's uh, that's that's the only thing that's yep. really missing there. So it's it, it can get a little convoluted if you if you don't pay attention. I'm actually shocked that not a lot, not as many people don't do this as much anymore. Basically, yeah. you, me, and Ned. Pete, you understand now? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Double L. <laughs> yeah. Here's what we got. Right. Here's what we've got so far. So you already have clinched Shelton, Darien, Southington, and Newtown are already clinched berths. So four out of eight. Four out of eight berths are already clinched. Nobody has clinched a home quarterfinal yet. Part of the reason being is that Shelton and Greenwich both have two games outstanding. Shelton is playing West Haven this week. Uh, Greenwich is playing Xavier. So the way that any of these top five, maybe six teams clinch a home quarterfinal, basically if Shelton wins its last two games against West Haven and Derby, which they're favored to do, they're going to clinch a home quarterfinal. Darien will also clinch a home quarterfinal with a win over New Canaan. Um, Greenwich will do the same with wins over uh, Xavier and Staples and one one little bonus point um, action here or there. Um, and then you have Southington, Newtown, also able. Now, obviously, you have five teams fighting for four, four, spots. four spots. So someone's going to be the odd man out, and it's probably going to come down to is anybody going to lose there? I mean, all five of those teams at the top are all favored to win their their remaining games, I would say. Um, so Maybe might, with the exception of Darien. Yeah, Darien, New Canaan, could lose probably to New the closest Canaan. one. Sure. Um, then it would make it pretty easy going on um, but it's all going to come down to does any one of those teams trip up if not then we go down to bonus points mm-hmm. um, if you're looking for the team that maybe has the um, the Least. hardest road it's probably Southington but then you have to go down to all of the individual um, matchups in terms of bonus points like Southington has the 1450 is their complete max they don't have a lot of bonus games. They got they would need Glastonbury to beat Bloomfield, which is possible. Mm-hmm. Which are, that's a game we're going to talk about a little later. Uh, New Britain and Berlin. They need New Britain to win that game. Um, and actually, if Southington beats Cheshire, which it needs to, do, it also hinders Newtown because Newtown beat, beat Cheshire, Cheshire earlier in the season. So it's actually sort of a double help there. So it'll be very tight for that for that fourth. It's, yeah, it's area. looking pretty tight. I mean, it's hard to see where. You know, who are the top? Like, obviously, everyone wants to see Darian and Greenwich. Right. Yeah. How do we get to Darian and Greenwich being on opposite sides of the bracket? Is there, you know, because obviously, I think, I would think Greenwich beats Xavier, and let's just say they beat Staples, which they're supposed to do. I mean, Staples is good, but. Well, even if we don't get that game in a final, we can get it in a semifinal. Right. If, the, if the bracket ended, if it were seated as it were now, they would play, they would be slated to play in a semi. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't be the stage that everyone. No, would everyone want. would love to see it again, and but that's just the way the the playoff points are. Or Darian could just lose to New Canaan and, and kind of muck up the whole works yeah, in that, that that's true. regard. Let me go down the rest of it just to give you a sense of uh, right who can win and in. So you got Fairfield Prep if Prep beats West Haven on Thanksgiving Eve, Prep will be in. Uh, New Britain 
is technically still alive for a home quarterfinal, but uh, it can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Berlin or a New Canaan loss to Darien or a Staples loss to Greenwich. So New Britain is almost surely in. It's hard to see both of those upsets, I think, being pulled. I think maybe you see one New Canaan or Staples winning. I don't think you're going to see both. But right. anyway, so New Britain is uh, looking pretty good. Fairfield Prep does, by the way, have a slight chance at that home quarterfinal, but um, they're in with the win over West Haven. Then you got New Canaan Staples, which we can talk about those games, I think, a little bit more next week. But um, they're both still alive. They're actually technically alive even if they lose their games. They just need the other one to lose and a few other things to happen. Um, If Staples were to beat Greenwich, um, they need something like Fairfield Prep to lose to West Haven. They need something like New Britain to lose to Berlin and get some bonuses. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing pretty much goes with New Canaan there. So I'm going to be looking at the bonus scoreboard. The team that's kind of on lower in the standings right now that I think has a decent chance of sneaking at that eight is East Hartford. They probably have the easiest game of the entire group right there with the, so they just need to win and have all the favorites win. So that's correct. So if they beat Manchester and then New Canaan and Staples both lose the games like, that they're favored to lose, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Hart, East Hartford will be in, right, they likely would, at the eighth spot. It would knock out Staples and it would knock out New Canaan. New Canaan correct. Yeah. Um, West, ha- West Haven is still alive. It's got two big point games left between Shelton and Prep. I don't. Sean's sort of seen those guys. He doesn't see it happening, but they are still alive. If they Which won is, both of those, and then they would still need East Hartford to lose to Manchester. So even right. if West Haven it's runs not, that table gets its losses, it would still need East Hartford to have an upset loss to but Manchester. That, but that is it. That is all the teams that are mathematically alive. And Which is double, beautiful. Double Which L. Is That's a neat, nice, easy class. Very, very I mean, nice. even West Haven, like like Kyle just said, I mean, they need to beat Shelton and they need to be fearful of prep, and they have not been able to do that against a good team all year. Right. Um, you know, so un- unless West Haven wants to suddenly become West Haven again and then really muck up the works here, they still aren't guaranteed to be in because they still hey, they need East Hartford to lose Manchester. So is uh, Class L any cleaner there, Kyle? Um, a little. Well, since you've already had, like, again, we have some teams that have already clinched. The quarterfinal picture is a little bit clearer because you have Naugatuck and, and Hand have already clinched quarterfinal bursts, so they're going to fight uh, for that top seed. Naugatuck's got the inside track of the top seed if it manages to beat Ansonia. Um but Noggy and Hand will both host quarterfinals. Middletown will also um, win a uh, quarterfinal if they beat New London or Windsor. So Middletown's one of those teams that has two games left to play. Middletown can win right. either one of those and clinch a home. There are a lot of teams in L, just quickly, that already have uh, – the number six place team already has two losses. Right. So in Middletown is undefeated with two games left. They have more wiggle room. room. So if they can lose a game and still get a quarterfinal <sighs> game there. Right, so uh, Middletown could rise up. Uh, they're obviously rooting for Ansonia on Thanksgiving to, to get closer to that number one seed, and I don't think anybody thinks Hand is going to lose to Guilford on Thanksgiving Eve, but if some bonuses break the right way, if six bonus games break the right way out of, what, 13 almost. So, I mean, it, it's it's in theory possible that Middletown sneaks all the way up to number one if it's a couple possible, of those right. things break the right way. Um, in terms of the rest of it, Maloney is the other team that's already clinched a bid. Maloney, very simply, clinches a cl- home quarterfinal by beating Platt. That's as easy as it gets. They're, they're already clinched, and they get the quarter. Um, from then, then right. you've got from Those Bunnell, are the teams that are all in. Yes. Those, those rest, teams are all in. Four we, spots left. We do have some, some win and ins here. Um, so Bunnell, if it beats Stratford, um, it will be in, and it can also get in with some help from other teams. But simple win and in scenario from Bunnell. Bunnell will be a big favorite in that game against Stratford. Um, they can also they are also alive for a home quarterfinal. They need to beat Stratford, um, and they would they're going to need an upset loss somewhere between Middletown losing a couple games or North Haven losing to Amity. Um, so I don't like Bunnell's chance to get a quarterfinal. Um, but anyway, winning in there, <coughs> Windsor. Another, how about yeah, Windsor? That's yeah. another interesting one. I mean, they have some high point potential here with Middletown. So, yeah, so Windsor, again, is uh, technically still alive for, for the quarterfinal, but they are in with a win. Not only are they in with a win, they can also sneak in with a loss too. Right. Um, so if they lose, they would need Platt to lose to Maloney. Um, they would need uh, Rand to lose to Bacon Academy, which is kind of an outside thing looking in. But then if New London loses to Middletown, which sure. is certainly possible, then Guilford to lose to Daniel Hand. 
So really, Windsor looks pretty good either way to get in, mm-hmm. whether or not they beat Middletown. Now, obviously, you beat Middletown, you rise up, you maybe get into that five seed area. Um, you know, you, you might like your chance a little better, but it's weird. Sometimes you end up with a six or a seven seed, and it ends up being a better place to be. Yeah, because you <laughs> stay away from the one, one of the two. Right. You know, it, it all depends. It's not like you can stack your. Uh, not like you can throw a game saying, "Oh yeah, I want the four seed here." Yeah, well, that was like Middletown last year is the number one seed. They beat Windsor. They, right. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know if it was an upset, but they beat Windsor on Thanksgiving at Eve, the time, and everyone's like. Middletown's going to be the number one team. They got, you know, you're looking at it, they got an easy road, and then everything happens at Dairy and right. <laughs> And New Canaan wins the next day, and all of a sudden New Canaan's making the, the trip up to Middletown, and they beat them by, I think, two, uh, two Unfortunately, scores. Unfortunately, the way this is done is the seedings are based solely on the points, and the right. points aren't an accurate representation of how tough your schedule is. Right. It's, it treats all the leagues as the same and all the competition as the same. There's no modifier here. Kyle, I think, had a, a thing where he wanted Little a modifier. Um, somebody was telling me, well, how is Hand the number one three-ranked team in the state in your poll and Naugatuck's number one in Class L? And the answer is, well, Naugatuck plays in the Naugatuck Valley League and Hand plays in the SEC. Yes, it's Tier 2. Um, yes, but but at the same time, I think a lot of people would argue even that is better than an NVL schedule from top to bottom. So, uh, but hand is I think everyone could just consider it hand better so, than Nogatuck. So, so anyway. there's you know could be a little there's going to be some scoreboard watching come yeah. Thanksgiving in L. <clears throat> yeah. So to me, Bunnell Bunnell Windsor look good. Uh, North Haven's got Amity. This is the best Amity team that I think they will have taken into that game in quite a while. Um, and I think the 2018 won <coughs> games for Amity. It might be the last time that there they won go. that many games. Mm. So they're, they are in. North Haven also in, winning in with a win over Amity, or they can get some help. If win- I don't remember the last time Amity won that game. Yeah. It's been a while. They um, Again, North Haven, they still, they look pretty good even to get in if they were somehow to trip up. Uh, if they get Windsor to lose to Middletown, Platt loses to Maloney, New London loses to Middletown, Guilford loses to Hand. Three of those four happen. And I think there's a chance that all four would happen. So, again, I, I like North Haven, too. What it really comes down to is the last spot, I think, because you have Platt playing Maloney. Now, somehow Platt can still clinch a quarterfinal. They're at the eight because spot. Maloney's they, got eight, eight wins. That's 120 uh, – sorry, 180 points right there. Right. They would need, they would need quite a bit of help. It's not going to happen to get the quarterfinal. But they are in with a win. Platt beats Maloney. They are in. Or they can get some help <clears throat> from other where, uh, otherwise that I don't think is completely likely. And so, all it took simple. there Winning in. was a kicker to join Bristol Central. Hey, look, Platt lost a couple games this year because they didn't have a kicker. Finally, a kicker is now coming. In <laughs> there you go. Thank goodness. Um, if, uh, if, some luck from when <laughs> for Platt at last. If Platt trips up, the next best case, I think, is Ram. Uh, Ram clinches if they beat Beacon, uh, Bacon Academy. Uh, almost, almost Beacon yeah. Academy. Good hometown, <laughs> hometown Hawks. Um, if they beat ba- Bacon Academy and they get three, three things to happen. It would include a Windsor loss, the Platt loss, New London, and again Guilford losing the hand. So Ram, I think, is the next team waiting to kick the door open. The other, the other four that are still alive: Weathersfield, Fitch, New London, Guilford. Um, all are going to need to. First of all, New London, Guilford have tough remaining games, so I don't think either of them are even going to be alive come come that. Uh, Come that moment, <clears throat> Weathersfield and Fitch would need a ton to happen. So right. I think it's Ram waiting on weather. Ram's waiting, which shows you why, you know, uh, Robert Rubin, we didn't really talk about that game, but Robert Rubin was really, uh, really upset about how his team just did not, was a no-show against Bloomfield on its right. own turf. Because now the destiny's out of their hands. Right. They could have they could have clinched if they had won that game, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that would make sense based on what we're, right. we're looking Bloomfield at. Right, Bluefield had seven wins, and I think that's what he was telling me. I, I don't remember, but now as it is, they got to be. Yeah, they would definitely be in right now. Yeah, if you right. had 170. That was their now. clinching game if they had won that game, and uh, they, I mean, they could play with Bloomfield, but Bloomfield just came out anxious to show everybody that Berlin game was not them. Quite and, uh, too, they, after. Yeah, they were. Oh yeah, they were. They were fired up, and uh, so that was their. That's a, that's a playoff game, though, for them. They had lost that game, Bloomfield. They probably would be gone in Class S at this point. I mean, yeah, they, Class S. We'll get to that lucky. in a second, but um, so it's going to be interesting that uh, that last uh, that last spot's going to. A lot of people are going to be watching uh, Falcon Field on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <clears throat> so overall, exactly. So Platt Platt Maloney is the big game in Class L. 
uh, when in terms of letting someone it's in or out. Always is, seems like. It, it is. That is one of those games. Even when it comes down to bonus games over the years, when neither yeah. of those teams were competitive in terms of getting into the playoffs, that game would always have a say on who's getting in or seeding somewhere. Yeah, it feels like even if like, Platt doesn't have a shot to get Like last year, Maloney had already clinched, but Platt... Maloney, I mean, Platt could have easily won that game yeah. last year, and then vice versa the year before when Maloney was out of it and Platt had clinched the playoffs. That spot, is, Maloney had a shot to win the game. That is one of those games always that is yeah. comp- it's it's the Stoddard Bowl. weird. Yeah, it's a weird game. So do you? That's the one you're looking at, and then and then class double all the games you're looking at are obviously uh, you know Prep West Haven, New Britain, Berlin, and then the New Canaan. Uh, Derry and Staple and, Branch. Uh, yeah, Staple Branch. Well, how about we do – oh, we're going to stop for a minute? We're going to take a quick okay. break before we jump over to yeah. M and we'll, S. We'll, if there's how one about more we do thing S first ask. out of this because that's the easier one? Yeah. All right, well, when we come, we'll come back. We're going to come back from break. We're going we're gonna to jump into Class S, and then we're going to go to Class M. we we'll come back right after this. Every Tuesday afternoon, make sure to join the Game Time CT soccer writer Scott Erickson and Joe Morelli on the Just for Kicks podcast. From the top teams and players across the state, nobody knows soccer better than these two. All right, we are back, and we're going to quickly go over Class S because I think it's a little bit more uh, clean um, as opposed to Class M in terms of... uh, As opposed to the dumpster fire that's in Class M. Exactly. So, Kyle, just take us quickly through uh, Class S and uh, if there are really any crazy scenarios that we need to pay attention for. All right, you've got Ansonia and Bullard Havens have both clinched uh, home quarterfinals. Uh, and Sonya will clinch the top seed with a win over Naugatuck. Um, Bullard Havens can clinch um, if they beat Prince Tech. And Sonya loses to Nogi, Um And a little bonus point against Stafford. So Stafford is the other team that has also clinched. Uh, they'll clinch the home quarterfinal with a win over the Windsor Locks Triop or a um, couple other items. But if they win, they're going to get the quarterfinal. Three straight playoffs for Stafford. Yeah. Out of nowhere. They were, they were never when, anything. Remember when they Brian... were awful. They were 0 and 11. Yeah. I think their last playoff, they were never, I don't think they'd ever won a, they won a, their first playoff game last year. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see. They've been very, very yeah. consistent. Really nice job there by Brian Mazzone and Colton Engel and Co. <laughs> All right. So the rest of it, um, there's a couple of, there's several win and in scenarios here. Um, so it could, in theory, be pretty simple. So you've got Cromwell Portland is in a win and in scenario against Rocky and Hill. Shunpike Showdown. Is that is that the thing? That's, that's the thing. Oh, wow, that's nice. All right. Um, so if they they can even clinch the berth without beating Rocky Hill, they would just need either Bloomfield, Woodland, Plainfield, or O'Brien Tech to lose one game. So Cromwell Portland is looking. They Very should be good. be a good. Whether they even take it in their own business or not, they could clinch the quarterfinal if they take care of business. And then they're either going to need some some losses to the aforementioned teams. Um, or some bonus point action. So the only the only team that has its destiny in front of it, if you will, um, in terms of quarterfinal is Stafford. So the other teams, it's going to hinge on what's going to go on. Uh, I think Cromwell Portland's a safe favorite. You usually can't say that against Rocky Hill, but Rocky Hill, after many good years um, being competitive in the playoffs, uh, they are a little down this year coming yep. in at two and seven. Pretty much. So, uh, Bloomfield. Bloomfield actually has the easiest road to the home quarterfinal out of the rest of them. If they beat Glastonbury, which could be a tricky game there against the double L school, uh, they're coming in five and four. That's a Tuesday night game of Thanksgiving week. So Bloomfield clinches a berth with the win over Glastonbury or a loss by Cromwell, Woodland, Plainfield, or O'Brien Tech. Or meaning one of those right, four. Right, one of the four. Uh, Bloomfield would clinch the quarterfinal with the win over Glastonbury and either very minor bonus point stuff or um, losses by Stafford, Cromwell, or Woodland. I think Bloomfield wins. I think they're going to get a quarterfinal spot. I think they would get it over um, Cromwell, Portland, even if the, both of those teams win. Um, now you get to the teams who... So that's again, that's five spots. So Bloomfield, right. Now, now Bloomfield certainly is not a shoe-in to win that game. I mean, right. they, they had had some trouble in earlier games. You know, they I think the game they played against Ram that you saw was probably one of their better efforts of late. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they have some momentum going in there, but that is definitely not a foregone right. conclusion. Glass and Bears, listen, they, they are five-win team. They're five and three, I believe, or, or thereabouts. No, uh, whatever they are, five and four. I mean, look, it, they're, they're competitive. They're not Glass and Barry of old. They're not, you know, uh, Jalen Eiley, Glastonbury, and and Nelson, all those guys, but they're still competitive where they can they cause troubles for a small right. team like Bloomfield. 
Now you get down to Woodland. Woodland is also in a win and in scenario. Um, might have they, they have one of the tougher games. <clears throat> although again, Seymour is missing its its starting quarterback and Ian Sadik. Uh, having said that, they they were pretty competitive through the first half of that game against Ansonia. Their defense played pretty well. They just couldn't get anything done on offense really without him. Um, so Woodland will be hosting Seymour, looking to beat Seymour for the first time since, I believe, 2014. Um, so Woodland wins, and they're in. They are still alive for the home quarter, too, but they're going to need a lot of losses to happen. So I think they're probably going to plant right there in the sixth hole if they end up beating Seymour. Um, if not, <clears throat> and I've been getting the text from the Woodland parents, oh, man, come on, I really want us to make the playoffs. What's got to happen? It's like, well, just win. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, so they're going to be scoreboard watching, mostly O'Brien Tech. If, if and most of these Class S schools, we would actually have, I think, three of Cromwell, Bloomfield, and Woodland would all clinch this Saturday before they even play on Thanksgiving. Yeah. If O'Brien Tech loses to ATI on Saturday, that's the game. And we all thought that it would be a little bigger, and then ATI all of a sudden just puts up a total stinker last week against Thames River. Yeah, so that was shocking. Yeah, that gave a lot of people suddenly new hope. Right. I mean, everyone started to lick their chops. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey a second. Even if we lose, we might get it, get it get in here. Right. Um, yep, just a quick thing on one before you go on. Yep. Uh, Seymour Hall, you said Seymour hung around with Ansonia. Just to tell everyone else, that's, and Woodland you know, needed to work to beat Oxford last week. They did. They, it was a 21-7 it's, game. They had an interception late in the game to help preserve it. Um, there was, a, I guess, a weird shovel pass right before halftime that made it 21-7. Um, yeah, I think the wind whipping had a some sort of in, uh, mm-hmm. consequence on only putting up 21. But, yeah, the, I don't think that's a game where Woodland runs away from Seymour right. at all. And Seymour's traditionally been great against yep. Woodland. They, they have. That's, that, more often than not, is, uh, is, is a pretty competitive game. Now, the yeah. last three years, Seymour has you know, run over Woodland. Woodland hasn't been very good since 20. They were okay in 2015. They beat up on the bad teams and, and got beat up by the good teams but this is woodland's first chance to play up person since 2013 um so i i mean right. i still like them to win but i think that is going to be trouble i think they'd feel a lot better if o'brien tech does lose either to ati or plat tech or again the plainfield griswold game which is one that often goes wonky too that is another one of those games yeah. where if you're in class s you're usually looking at that game on thanksgiving mm-hmm. i know that game a few years ago gave Wolkett its first playoff berth i think um, when when it went one way or the other, yes. so it's it's a weird game um, that that'll be some scoreboard watching. We've gone, <laughs> and it's a game. Griswold's got five wins, <clears throat> and they just played Trumbull in the mud and slop over yeah. out there in, the, in in what I've been told is the worst field in Connecticut. It's Griswold Field. <laughs> so um, yeah, you look at that game like wow, they hung tuck with Trumbull. We'll remember a little bit that it was on, it was a mud pit. The great but, equalizer. But this game is typically competitive, and Griswold typically wins it. Mm-hmm. Griswold typically is the team that, that beats and Plainfield if you're looking again we've gone over this many times especially me Plainfield's schedule has not been great now they did come up with a huge win last week by beating shutting out Wyndham mm. last week so that you know maybe in that case that they are worthy of a playoff spot but you got to beat a pretty good uh, Griswold team here so the, considering your chances it's uh, uh, Griswold typically wins so Playoff, if Blainfield wins it's in if it loses it's out Right. There um, you go. Haddam Killingworth and Valley Old Lime are going to play a game. The winner is going to be in. The loser is going to be out. And that's um, a that's a Monday game. Is that, that right? Twentieth. Tuesday. It's a Tuesday night yep. game. Um, so there'll be a lot of people going to that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be in because again, the winner is going to be in. So yeah, I would assume that some of the Class S playoff hopefuls will send their coaches down. O'Brien Tech. Needs to beat ATI and Platt Tech and then have a loss by someone above them, whether it's Cromwell, Portland, Bloomfield, Woodland, or Plainfield. Mm-hmm. So Orion Tech needs to win two and have one lose. Their ATI game is this uh, Friday this night. Saturday. Oh, Saturday, excuse yep. me. Saturday. So that's Saturday. So you were saying the, the whole this whole class basically hinges on Comes that. Comes down to that game that because game. you will get the you will get Cromwell, Bloomfield, and Woodland all highlighted in this little block. And then you'll get the winner of HK Valley in. is gonna be in. And then it'll come down to either Plainfield or O'Brien Tech. Okay. Seymour is still alive. I don't see it happening. They would have to have, um, they would have to beat Woodland. Plainfield would have to lose to Griswold and have a bunch of bonus points go in favor of Seymour and against Plainfield, and then have um, 
O'Brien Tech right. either lose both of its last games or lose one and get probably out. not going to happen. I don't like it. I don't like the chances for uh, O'Brien Tech could lose the ATI. I, I think. Well, they played Bullard Haven's top ATI. I, I don't know what happened to ATI. I yeah, don't know what that's happened. weird. But anyway, there's your yeah. Process. That's it. Uh, I mean, I think O'Brien Tech beats Platt Tech at the end of the season. Therefore, a lot of people are rooting for the first time for ATI this weekend well, yeah we were all in the uh most O'Brien people have tech. no we're, damn idea who ati is that would be abbott tech immaculate there you go um, a lot of people were all on the o'brien tech bandwagon last year and now they're all no. on the, <laughs> the ati bandwagon so now in m this is class where the, m class okay. m this is where the chaos begins yeah i didn't th- there's so much chaos here that i really didn't even flesh out full scenarios for what's going to happen um yeah, kyle said i'm gonna ha- i'm gonna go to lunch instead yeah, screw this. it was a great lunch um <laughs> So here's what's settled. St. Joe's and Berlin, it shows on the spreadsheet that they have only clinched playoff berths. However, they have both clinched home quarterfinals, and the reason being that Sheehan and East Haven are playing each other this Friday night. Obviously, only one of them can win that game. The other will be knocked out of contention for the home quarter. And therefore, St. Joe's and Berlin both have home quarterfinals under their belts. Um, They'll fight for the uh, top seed, Obviously, they need to win their games and have the opponents lose, or else it'll come down to bonus points. And Berlin has the inside track when it comes to bonus points, at least in terms of the maximum and the minimum that they'll enter with. Um, you know, you can go pick your nits from there to see exactly what you think would happen. But right. either way, one and two, they wouldn't see each other till the final. And I think everybody does believe that those are the two best teams in the class. Um, so it would unless be, you're a Sheehan fan. Unless you are a Sheehan fan, and, and Sheehan. Sheehan. Yeah, so Sheehan has its chance to clinch the home quarterfinal this week. They will be favored in that game against East Haven. As we mentioned, East Haven will come into that game shorthanded. Um, so Sheehan wins. Not only does it clinch the playoff berth, but it also clinches the home quarterfinal in that game. Um, so two chances for Sheehan to clinch a playoff berth, whether it's against East Haven or against Lyman Hall. How about Sheehan going down 27-7 to to Brantford and then scoring eight? <laughs> Absurd. Bogan going off like he's like he's Zach Davis, uh, like he's Zach Davis. He's only a junior. Yeah, that 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 is very true. But that was listen. If you're an East Haven fan, that was encouraging to see to start, not encouraging to see the end. <laughs> so, I think a lot of people think, uh, yeah, like Kyle just said, Sheehan is the favorite in that game. But hey, you know Scott Benoit, coach Scott Benoit. Nice year. Yeah, really nice here. So, okay, so where were we at? So then we go to Killingly, and everybody wrote Killingly off after its first loss of the season back there in, what was it, week two or week three, uh, what it was? to New London. Um, And they've come right back. They're in the four seed, have already clinched a berth, and they could clinch a home quarterfinal with a win over a uh, capital prep um, achievement first squad that is not what it used to be. Big thing there with them. uh, They actually, well, I mean, capital prep actually gained a win. From that uh, right. Bur- Bristol Central. There you go. So there's more points on the table for Killingly. Yes. Um, that game is this Friday. So Killingly will have the full week off to go scout afterwards uh, for the holiday week in Class M. Uh, East Haven, again, playing Sheehan. They can clinch a home quarter. They'll clinch a playoff berth with a win. Also would clinch a home quarterfinal if they win that game. And if Cheney Tech loses to suddenly upstart Thames River. <laughs> suddenly upstart. <laughs> <laughs> Thames River is still technically alive down here, way down, what are they, 14th right now. But they have two games left. And that Cheney Tech game would bring a lot of points at 170. So uh, Thames River is way down there at 14, but they're actually in better shape than Weston, ATI, Rockville, um, you know, they're they're right in that mix with Jonathan Law. We're getting some of these teams that are going to be tight down towards the home stretch. Wolcott as well. Um, in terms of the other teams that can clinch with wins, Brookfield winning in against Bethel on Thanksgiving. And Bethel just lost to Notre Dame Fairfield. And Cheney Tech one. is in with a win over the Thames River. So that'll be a big game. The CTC taking center stage this week. Uh, yeah. In terms of important playoff games. Um, so So you have winning in all the way down to number seven. Now we get down to Wolcott, which would be in a win-and-in situation if not for the um, forfeit situation. Uh, they will play Holy Cross, which is, has become just an absolutely absurd game for like oh my the God. last six or seven years. It is, it is one of the best Thanksgiving honestly, Day games. Honestly, if, if you have no allegiance and you're not looking for maybe the best game or the most playoff-implicated game, you really want to consider going to Holy Cross High School on, on Thursday morning because that game just – 
There was a Hail Mary to win it a couple years ago. Yeah, a one-handed um, catch on a Hail yeah, Mary. Yeah. Uh, last year, the Wolkett coach, who had not punted all year, tried to hang on to a lead in the second half, punted, and then lost. Um, <laughs> Did they come back from like three TDs down or something? They, like they were, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Holy Cross was down quite a bit in that game, and they, they rallied right past. But anyway, that's kind of a wild game. Wolkett needs to win that game and have um, Branford lose one of its last two games to right, East Lime East this week, yeah. and East Haven. And they need to have Thames River lose to either Cheney Tech or Quinnebog. <laughs> so there's a chain reaction that needs to happen, which is not totally impossible. You know, no. we, we talk about those chain reactions a lot of time. You need four things to happen or three things to happen, and we're giving it to you just because we're nice and giving you all the possibilities. But that one's not... Totally far-fetched. So right. Wolkett could be looking back. Um, we get down from there and... Um, Mess. Yeah. So then you got Rockville. So that's eight right there. Yes, that is eight. So Rockville could have been in the mix in this. I mean, then now they're as it is. They're nine. They lost to Valley on like the last play of the game. Right. Not last week, but the week before. Yeah. So as it is, you know, they were dead as a program. Here comes Eric Knickerbocker. Now they're, what, they're uh, five. Sorry, they're six and three. So so Rockville and Jonathan Law, they're both going to be favored to win their Thanksgiving games, um, but they're going to need some help in terms of losses. You know, they would need like a Wolkett loss. They would need a, uh, maybe a Chandy Tech loss. Um, they would need some help above them. Um, those are probably the two best opportunities to get the loss, I would say, um, unless you think that, you know, maybe East Haven is going to lose both games, which is possible to Sheehan and Br- Absolutely Branford. Absolutely possible. Um, you know, that would, that would open the door for Law or Branford. I, Branford sort of has its destiny in its own hands. They have the highest maximum of that next bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not quite, let me look at my sheet, not quite in it, winning in. They would have to beat East Lyme and East Haven. And they would have to win bonuses or get losses by Brookfield, which is unlikely. And then, like I said, Cheney Tech, Wolkett, or Thames River. Now, Cheney Tech and Thames play each other, so there's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one out. So then so Wolkett. Only two of these. So, so Branford's really going to be a big Holy Cross fan come Thanksgiving right. morning. So they need two wins, a Wolkett loss, and I think they're in. And remember, <laughs> I mean, the Beehive Bowl, talk about your crazy games. Mm. The Beehive Ball, the uh, Branford versus yeah, you like that Hornets and Yellow Jackets. That is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. They should move that game to New Britain. <laughs> um, I mean, remember East Haven under Melvin Wells a few years ago? They had a chance to win it in, and Branford, which was not good that year, right. nipped them. They beat them. I believe it was like it was. They could not. East Haven could not make an extra point or something yeah. crazy like Thanksgiving, like eighteen always. to twenty or I love something Thanksgiving. crazy. <clears throat> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So is that's a, is so a, that's is what Clash That sounds. Is yeah, that as best as, as you, it looks right you now. You have ATI, Weston, and Lyman Hall are all technically alive. There would have to be some weird... Lyman Hall needed to be law. Uh, that was that's why I went to that game. That was a game on that, and, and Lyman Hall just could not get anything going against Law, and, and therefore law. they're still alive mathematically. Ooh. But I don't Law try. in the same type of situation it was in last year, right? You know, I mean, they they've could, been it, rolling since Plaskin came back. Yeah, he's Pla- been on fire. Plaskin missed the what the first three or four games. They uh, got smoked by Weston when I saw them. Right, and Plaskin was not there. No, and he they, he's he, rushed for 200 yards the last, like, two or three weeks. Right, and he's been, and uh, uh, Eric Larka said, like, he's been our, he's one of the best who ever played for law, and I can't, can't disagree with that. I mean, I, mean, I saw his, uh, one of his older brothers play in 2007, and uh, and he was good then, but, uh, you know, he's here clearly. Mike kind of seemed that like they're going with him, like, as, as far yeah, as they he's going to take them. Well, it was raining, and they couldn't throw the ball. They have Ethan Saley. I didn't get to really get to see him because they just couldn't throw the ball um, in that he rain. He's a baller. He is. And Foreign, they, I mean, last year, you know, Foreign was the better team, quote-unquote, but they beat him. This year, they should be Foreign 7-3, and three, and then it's going to be everything needs a kind of crap. Not, I don't think it's a miracle. No. I think if we're handicapping who's got the best shot at that eight, just just based on points and what I said is going to happen, you know, Branford has its destiny. Yeah. Well, Wolkett's got it most in its hand, right. probably. Followed Which, by Branford. We it, wouldn't. I, we wouldn't want them to, you know, trip over themselves again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Um, so Wolkett, Branford, um, and then if you want to look towards Law, maybe they're the one that capitalized. If Thames River. Can pull that upset this upstart, coming week. Upstart, upstart Thames River. Thames River. Um, I don't. Even, which which school are they based in? Uh, they are Norwich Tech. Okay, very good. Another is that St. Bernard also? St. Bernard Norwich. Oh. It used to be St. Bernard was the home team, and, and then they added 
Norwich Tech, and then when when they had just St. Bernard just wasn't cut. cut Fun fact: mustard. first ever varsity win for Woodland football, St. Bernard. Interesting. Aren't they, the, aren't they the Saints? Was the Saint it two thousand three? Right. Two thousand two was the first varsity. Their mascots. Yeah. You know they are the Saints. Their mascot is a Saint Bernard. Yes. Have you ever seen I, the movie Beethoven? Yeah, so it's been oh, a while. I I had the book. I think. Um, I I did talk to Plaskin about that Wood Woolkit thing. Mm. I said, "What'd you guys think of that?" He goes, "Oh my god!" That, like we were kind of like, "Well, we're we're kind of done here." And and then someone showed me a text that someone had tweeted that Woolkit had forfeited, and we were like hopping. It was, it was almost like they won a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> you know? hey, it's crazy stuff like that, but it, though, that, which makes this time of year so great. It really is. Like last year, they were the best story, and it could happen. It again. could happen again. But, but it, we don't want to spoil that because that's next week. Yes. Because we don't – we'll just take a quick look. You want to give us a little – what kind of meat grinder is this this week? I'm kind of tired from talking so much this episode. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what the schedule looks like. Um, you know, Thursday you have Woodstock at OSW. No, that's Wednesday. I'm getting my oh, we know what we know what the big games are, right? The big game, West Haven's at Shelton. That's always a fun one. Obviously, you know, unless Sean said West Haven becomes West Haven of old. We mentioned Xavier's playing Greenwich. Um, the big games. Lyman Hall, Guilford, they both got five wins. Right. And the, the big, big games, games are, are Sheehan's Haven for Cla- in Class M. Friday night, 6.30. The, not as big, but still interesting, New Britain, Berlin. Berlin is at RDN. Right, and New Britain's probably going to get in anyway. Right. Still a very interesting game. Yeah, and then um, and on Saturday. The big O'Brien Tech ATI that's game. It. If you guys... I know the state championships going on that day, but if you have, have not a team in it, you're a football fan. Get out there, Nick, Apria, and the gang taking on Nick Rich Apria Holmes. from Connecticut. That's yeah. right. <laughs> not not the Long Island firefighter. Not the um, Long Island firefighter. The, jo- the Rock Brothers. I, Nick Apria on Twitter. He's been very active, and he says a lot of funny things on Twitter. But Nick was saying that game against Bullard Havens last week was a barn burner. He said we were at Kennedy State, and really nice game. He goes, I know we don't. Our lead does not get a lot of. You know, a lot of uh, uh, no one really talks about our league a lot. Yeah. They kind of look down on us. But the look, like Kyle just said, the the well, not constitution, the Connecticut Tech League basically holds all the cards. No, they especially do. in the lower divisions. They they, they uh, yeah, and M, it, it runs S and M run through the CTC at least this week. Um, yeah, so it, if the if the CTC uh, sees its coffers go up. It's football game <laughs> attendance go up. I don't, I don't know if they know what to do with themselves. But, guys, well, really worth... charge five bucks for kids. <laughs> really worth checking out these games because you also know that these have bearing on other yes. teams. Yes. That's what makes this... I mean, this game. is... It's a, it's a, like we said, it's a thin schedule. There are really good games. But we're going to be back Monday with a lot more fleshed out in terms of the playoff scenarios. And we're going to give you what the teams that are alive are going to have to do to get in. Kyle, can you do that? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> It, it's for the first time. It's really kind of cut and dry. It isn't too bad. It'll no. it'll clear up by this weekend. But so. either way, this weekend we'll like you know clear up some stuff. We'll come back at it next week with a much definitive plan on Thanksgiving and what is going to have to happen. Sure. Until then, have a wonderful week. See you there. Bye. Bye.